Boston College football is closing in, and it looks like they may be hiring Ohio State co-offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black, editor of Eagle Insider. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. So we have just made it through the weekend, and the Boston College football coaching search is well underway. And the Twitter sphere and message boards have been going crazy with rumors and all sorts of stuff. And one name has risen to the top. And it was a name that I said last week was a must hire for Boston College. And that is Ohio State co-offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. We're going to talk on today's show why this seems like it could be a match made in heaven and one that BC could be close to closing. And to talk about it, we got Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider. Mitch, how's it going? Going well. Seems appropriate that we have a LinkedIn jobs read for when we're looking to make a new hire for Boston College. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it is time timely for that, right? So let's let's get into this. Uh, kind of an order of operations from the weekend. Uh, you've heard, you've seen the list of, of of coaches, and I've told you why some of them I don't feel like are good fits. I have heard from my sources that Bill O'Brien is interested in the Boston college job. I have heard that Boston college is interested in Bill O'Brien. I have also heard that they have been in connection. They've already interviewed him. I get the feeling and based off of people I've talked to that this is, this is the, this is the guy, this is the guy Boston college is going for. And I have not heard any other names from any of my sources this whole weekend. So I get the sense that this is going to probably be the guy that they offer the job for to as long as they can get the financial deal set part down, which is terrifying as a Boston College fan because <laughs> how much, what's our history like in that, Mitch? Not, I mean, you know better than I, but not great. <laughs> uh, and that's anytime where it's just left up in the air, it's just really terrifying because, again, you know, you're concerned about how much this program is really willing to invest in the football program and athletics at large. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like everything we're hearing it, well, not, not everything. I will say that like, there's been a few murmurings here and there. Where people are saying, Oh, you know, he's not the guy it's not done, but I would say like the overwhelming majority of things that we're hearing is that there's a lot of mutual interest by both parties and they seem like they want to get this done, which, yeah. So it's just kind of a matter of time. And again, like you said, just hammering out some of the details. So money's going to be a big issue for this mm-hmm. and getting him away from Ohio state is it's going to take a little bit of a financial um, commitment from Blake James. I get the sense, you know, as we were just saying, BC does not have a good history with opening up their wallets to pay coaches. I get the sense from Blake James that yes, he's not going to revolutionize the the school in terms of like yeah they're not going to spend seven eight million dollars on a coach but i feel like he will be able to get more money out of 
this out of whoever's you know Father Leahy or the board to pay him. I that's just something I have I believe is going to happen. I had that in my article the other day. I feel like they're going to be able to get a little bit more out of this. Yeah, I think that if if I think that if the if Leahy was going to put the kibosh on this because of money, I think we would have heard that by now. Um, and essentially told Blake James, no, we got to do this for cheaper. I think we would kind of be knowing that by now. And I think O'Brien, we would, we would have heard more about O'Brien backing off and BC backing off. But again, most of what we're hearing is saying the opposite. So, you right. Know, usually talk- in, a, in a situation like that, usually you'll get an agent, reach out to a media member and try to make a deal out, like make something out of it. Right. Like you'll yeah. see here, like so-and-so is no longer a, a candidate for this position. Usually they reach out to a, a Thamel or a Bruce Feldman and get that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, Pete Thamel has been silent, and you know he's the one who's most plugged in in terms of being a BC insider to with official sources. Um, and right. so, pretty much, we he's the uh, I don't know if there's a term for whatever the little chimney is at the Vatican that puts out the white or black smoke when they're choosing the new pope, but basically, he's the he's that little chimney at this point, right? And for folks that aren't, uh, you know, there's some people understand how this whole situation works. And I kind of give you a little bit of an of a of a, a deep dive. If I went to anyone in BC foot the BC football program right now that works in communication and asked them anything about this, Mitch, what would I get for an answer? I don't know anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And believe me, I've tried a few even kind of periphery people to the to the football team and I got literally that that comment back. They are right now Fort Knox in terms of of details. They wouldn't even tell me about Paul Rhodes being the interim head coach cuz I think they know the media sniffing around. The media is going to like I mean, fair enough. I think it's fair to say that yes, I want to know about Paul Rhodes and hey, can you give me any details of what's going on? And I was I was <laughs> DMing with somebody about this earlier today and I think that that's it's because I think every party wants to maintain the maximum amount of leverage as possible. And right. that comes from Bill O'Brien, BC, and Ohio State. Like Ohio State doesn't want to say anything that would spook O'Brien into leaving BC the opposite way. And O'Brien doesn't really want to say anything because then he could end up kind of in the middle of nowhere. And where Ohio State's like, well, you tried to go leave for this job, so we don't really want you in BC. You know, if things fall apart with them, then he's kind of, you know, up the river without a paddle. So, you know, again, we haven't. And if you look at like any of the other people that cover BC, like nobody else is getting any like uniquely different information than we are because again bc the official sources of bc are playing this exceptionally close to the vest and you ha- and the people that we get to talk to are like folks that are a little bit more on the outside so that's why i ne- like i'll say this right off the bat like folks are asking me when are you going to drop a wire jeff for like we do you have like a big one for this i'm like i don't until thamel tweets it i'm not going to be 100% sure on anything like i just i feel confident that he's going to be the head coach. And I feel really good. Um, and there, I've been hearing things about it, but I, I don't feel like if there's anyone that's not named Pete Thamel, they don't like he, his job basically is to tweet whatever BC tweets for the wants them to tweet and get that info out. That's kind of his gig. Right. So all of us, we're working and I'll give credit to Kevin stone. I know he's doing a lot of work out there. There's other guys that are in this, in this field, you have to really like push and try to find sources that know something about the the details that are going on. And so that's how I, why I felt confident about it because I've heard and talked to some people that know things and it sounds like this is what's going on, (laughs) but it's all mushy. And so if anyone says that they're confident about something, they're full of crap. 
Well, I mean, we we said we're confident. I well, mean, no, I mean they, they they know something. Yes, in, yes, that's yes. what I meant. I'm sorry, not confident. I meant like they know something, know something. Like if perhaps a, someone were to say it's a done deal, they wouldn't right. know it. Yeah, that, that that's not true. <laughs> right. Go check out my tweet if, tweets if you want to see some, what how I reacted to that. Um, in a moment, Mitch and I are going to talk a little bit more about Bill O'Brien because I want to know what is it about him that I feel like Mitch thinks would be a good fit for Boston College. I want to get into the details of what kind of coach he he would be and why it would be a good fit for the Eagles. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. When you're hiring for your small business, you want a quality professionals that are right for the job. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to the professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the job process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. With 2.5 small businesses using LinkedIn for hiring, it's the place to go. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. And I want to want to get into one quick thing here quickly before we get into the second segment. Over at Eagle Insider right now, we have 60% off a annual subscription to our site. That's like $34 for the entire year. If you are interested in this coaching search, the board is going crazy. Like this is the biggest group of crazy BC fans you could find. And we've I have people, I, we've got people tracking IP addresses on Wikipedia edits to, on the board. It's, right. it's very fun. <laughs> so yeah. And, and then we've got a lot of work going into this too. I've been doing a daily big board, updating everything, things I think, things I know. Um, I, I drop in to add nuggets and scoops. You can get in for 34 bucks the entire year. And on top of that, once football starts, you get Mitch's film and analysis. You get Beacon Street Ball for basketball. You get BC Hockey Blogger. We got Kate Otis for for the the link is in the show notes right now. Sign up today. Get on that deal so you don't miss out. Because once they get their coach, it's not done. We're going to be talking about transfer portals in and out. We're going to talk about coaching change uh, within the staff. Um, speaking of which I heard, I saw, uh, Jeff Halfley might be interested in one of our coaches. We'll have that up a little bit later. There's a lot that can talk about. So get over to Eagle insider sign up today. All right, Mitch back to bill, B- bill O'Brien, who as a new England fan, um, I know him a lot from watching some of these games and his connection with bill Belichick. What is it about him? That would be a good fit for BC from your perspective. So one of the, my primary qualifier when looking for the next head coach for BC was that I wanted a head coach or a a coach who had head coaching experience and particularly winning experience. Um, Because you can go out and find retreads of guys that, uh, you know, had coached for, you know, a bunch of different schools and whatever, and just couldn't really get over the hump. And granted, O'Brien does not have exactly a super long track record as a college head coach, but the fact that he put together two winning seasons at Penn State, 
with scholarship productions and given that it was probably like one of one of the you know the greatest scandals in college football history and he was kind of able to galvanize that team together so they could have two winning seasons like that's pretty impressive and then as a head coach with the Houston Texans uh, I think his record was 52 and 48 in the regular season so just above 500 but you know, think about those first few teams that he had when he was there. You know, they had quarter, but they had the, like those years where just all the quarterbacks got hurt and they were starting guys like TJ Yates, um, Brian Hoyer, I'm pretty sure at one point. Um, I think maybe Matt, Case Keenum Matt the Schaub. first. Matt, I, I think it was, I think Schaub was before, but you know, again, kind of the same general vibe of a quarterback. And then they finally get that guy who's the quarterback for the Browns now and he gets hurt his first year. They have a bad year, but then after that, they're, Get in the playoffs. They had that game where they got out to a huge lead on Patrick Mahomes, and they ultimately blew it. But you know, again, this is a, a this is a guy who is a good in-game football coach. You know, I think his biggest downfall was the fact that he tried to become the GM of the Texans. And as we've seen with Patriots head coaches, usually when they try to do that, they don't. That doesn't end up going well. So you know, I think that obviously with college, you are acting a little more in that GM role. So you know, it's a little different, but. You know, again, the winning experience is huge for me because, you know, if you think going back to Adazio and Halfley, there were a lot of times where just some really poor in-game management, lack of preparation really bit this team and prevented them from getting off the hump. And I think O'Brien is a little more in that Adazio mold in terms of his attitude um, and frankly, how he treats players and how he could treat the media. But he is, I think he's just much a much better guy as a, as he has the experience of preparing for every week as the head coach, you know, Halfley, there was that clip going around from Richard Sherman about how he praised him for be, having such good preparation, but that's as a positional coach. It's not as a head coach. And there's so much that goes in more that goes into being a head coach regarding game planning than just a positional coach. So that's big for me. I think again, the biggest question for me right now is Bill O'Brien navigating the NIL and recruiting aspects of the job. And you know, back when he was head coach of Penn State, very different college football world, and obviously had some kind of weird external circumstances. Uh, the bull, I think, uh, the bull ban they had, so you know, he had to navigate some weird things. Excuse me, but I think that him being a guy who has a lot of NFL experience, and him being a guy that I think is going, if BC does hire him, is going to attract a lot of guys with NFL experience, which was one of the things we did like about Halfley when he was hired, was that he had NFL experience, had NFL connections, which is a huge thing for BC as a program. Because as I've said, I don't believe that BC can be a successful football program if they put all their chips into recruiting. Because at the end of the day, there's just a, a disconnect um, or roadblock there between getting the input that you need to be successful getting the input of players you need to consistently win at that level. Yes. BC can put together some good classes here and there, but if you look at the schools like LSU, like Georgia, like Texas, they just have so many more players closer to them that it makes it easier for them to recruit a high level and they need to go up against each other. So you need those high level recruiters, but BC is different in that. Again, you have these, you know, specific factors that BC, they make it unique. You're in the Northeast, you're, uh, an academically stringent, academically stringent school. So you need to find different edges. And for that reason, you're going to be recruiting quote unquote, lesser talent, but you need guys that can develop that talent into better players that will eventually get to the NFL. And ideally, you know, once every few years, everything comes together and you can put in a nine, an eight, nine, 10 win season. Um, and 
again, I think O'Brien's gonna need some help with the recruiting aspect of that. I think there's uh, one specific candidate that I would love for him to add as a coordinator slash positional coach that could be really dynamic in recruiting. I'm gonna save it because I think we're if this happens, there's it's gonna be in an article. Um, but I think that he hit. I, I was saying I think that if this hire does get made, this is probably the biggest slash splashiest hire in definitely I think BC football history and possibly BC sports history in general. Yeah, I mean, you look back and every hire that, at least in, since I've been alive, has either been, you know, Jeff Jagosinski was a positional coach for under O'Brien. You have Spaziani, same thing. You have Adazio. A lot of people didn't care for that one. Then you had Halfley. You, and then, you, I mean, you folks can go back past that, but BC has never been able to attract the top-level candidate, and that's what I consider Bill O'Brien to be. This is not a retread. This is not a guy that you're hoping to step up. It's a known commodity. This is a guy you know what you're going to get, and that's what makes it exciting. Like, there's all this excitement around Syracuse right now with Fran Brown. Oh my God, I can't stand listening to all the Syracuse folks just like going crazy over this. But he has not coached a single game yet in his career, ever. Like, he's never coached. So, there's a possibility, just like with what they saw, what we saw with Halfley, that they're going to have that same issue there. You hire a guy like Bill O'Brien, you're preventing yourself from going down that road. You're preventing yourself from getting into an issue with game preparation, learning on the job, figuring things out. He knows what he needs to do to win. He just needs to execute it. Yeah, and just get the get, again get the right guys in place on both right. staff and the roster. Which, you know, I think that if you get a guy like him, I think I'm kind of interested to see if they do hire him. What happens with the rest of the staff? Because again, we're so late in the process that you might lean more towards keeping the staff that is there because then you can ideally keep a lot of the players from entering the portal, especially for a roster that I would say is somewhat top heavy in terms of experience. So basically, you know. This year, if he comes in, keeps a lot of the staff, got, keeps the guys on the roster, and then next year, he can kind of evaluate their staff, see which guys he likes, which ones he works with best, maybe make some changes here and there, but you're and not have to worry about losing a ton of guys in the portal because a lot of those older players who are the most talented are probably going to be matriculating out just going, you know, because they graduate or they're going to the NFL or whatever. And I, I, I think what we also did, we were talking about recruiting and an issue with that. One thing I think it's also important to think about too is I feel like he himself and his experience and what he could bring and like what he's done will be a, a valuable recruiting tool for transfers and players. Just the interest that a I mean he was he coached Tom Brady, he coached with Nick Saban, he's done a whole you know you up and down Deshaun Watson, all these other co- you know quarterbacks. He has a history with those players. He has a history of winning. He's this is a guy that I think could be an ex you know an attention getter like it'll go ahead sorry i was gonna say I, I think you know again we talked about him like not having as much experience recruiting and obviously he did he was the offense coordinator in alabama for two years during the time when all this kind of kicked off in 2021 and 2022 so he's not like coming into this completely new where he's just like i have no clue what is gonna is going on with that i recruit like he knows about like that he's gonna have to you know, do the fundraising, do the re-recruiting, do the portal and all that. Like he, he's not going to have any illusions where he can just come in and say, I'm going to fix everything by the genius of my coach. It's like, no, like you realize that this is going to be a difficult job because again, BC is a difficult place to coach and win, especially in 
the college football college football world we're in now. Um, but I think he is just very excited about being a head coach again. And I think that even though like he might not be, you know, the most like warm and fuzzy, you know, positive positivity guy, I think that obviously his name, I would say holds a good bit of cachet in new England, which is huge for BC. And I think that his kind of no, help say like no nonsense attitude where he's just like, where he's very straightforward. I think that will resonate with some donors where it's like, okay, this is a very serious person who is taking this job seriously. And I can trust him to deliver on what he's promising. Right. And I know some folks were asking, I saw some uh, like, Oh, but is he going to leave in a couple years? And I, I think you sent me the, the, the article that he's got a family member. That's pretty, uh, that needs medical care in the area. Um, and I feel like that could be a reason why he would stay. I just, it's just a logical reason why he wouldn't go anywhere. Um, just a thought. Can you but, actually, I know we were kind of trying to not read the comments as much, but can you put up the one by Chris Pinto? Cause I think that's a really interesting point. All right. I'll read, go feel, I'll, the comment says, feel like BC has always been afraid to hire someone who might succeed and leave for another gig, which Bill O'Brien could do has them up with a, has has them end up with mediocrity in my opinion. I think that's a very salient prescient comment. Like I, I would definitely agree with that where they have kind of tried to hit on these, you know, lower that maybe not low, I guess lower floor candidates or maybe even lower ceiling where it's like, Oh yeah, we don't want to there. You know, I think maybe Blake James is realizing it's like, yes, BC is probably be a stepping stone job, but based on where BC is now, if a coach is going to leave for a better gig, he is going to have to have, good results at BC that warrant him getting that better gig. So he is probably going to leave BC better than he found it. Um, right. And again, I think that with some of these candidates that I'm thinking that Bill O'Brien would bring in, I think that if he does leave after like maybe three or four years, there could be a coach on the staff that's said, okay, you kind of have been groomed, if you will, to take over in the event that O'Brien does leave. And, you know, we don't, we might not know how much that, that coach is a good, good how good they are going to be at as being head coach but they've been in the building they understand how to have success because uh they've been part of the staff for the last few years all right in our final segment i want us to kind of flip this a little bit because as i said bill o'brien is not the head coach yet so there's a possibility that they go in a different direction bitch and i are going to discuss some of the names that are going around and who could be other fits given what bc is looking for we'll get into all of that in just a moment Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super Bowl bets. I love my my Super Bowls. Uh, you know, I, I said I'm a nacho person. I'm going to make myself a good plate of nachos for myself and my wife as we watch. But FanDuel also has so many ways for you to end the Super Bowl with a win or two. Or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which player will score a touchdown. You think Patrick Mahomes is going to run one? You can bet on it. You think that uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to score a touchdown? It's in there. Over-unders on their amount of yards they go for. How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you'll get 200 bucks in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On Boston College, I'm your host, AJ Black here. We're wrapping things up here with Mitchell Wolf, And... 
as I said on last week's episode, there's a ton of names linked with BC, and many of them are not realistic. Um, given, I, I think, given what we've heard, uh, one of the things consistently that I've heard, and I will tell you this, this was up on one of my VIP articles, but you know, it's been up for a while, so you guys can know it. I've heard specifically from multiple sources in the industry that BC wants to make a big splash with this hire. So some of the names that I've seen thrown around definitely do not match that <laughs> moniker. Things like Matt Applebaum. No offense to Matt Applebaum or Steve Shimko. Or any Robert any Smith. internal hire. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to. And, and I've seen the, the words continuity uh, linked with that, uh, which I don't, to me, is a logic puzzle that doesn't make sense to me. You had a coach that went six and five, six and six, and you want to continue that? I I don't get it. So I don't think any of those are going to match. There's other names out there: Chip Kelly, Jason Candle, and I m- most recently put up Paul Christ was a name. And I think Mitch and I, when we talked about the well, when BC was going through a bad phase in the middle of the season, Mitch and I started making a list because we were like, this season's going to go down the toilet fast. And I think Paul Christ was on our list, wasn't it? Yeah, and. Paul Chris is difficult because I think you mentioned this, that he, his, his tenure at Pitt was, eh, he went literally, he went 519 and 19 and his tenure at Wisconsin was very good. Uh, but Wisconsin, it's a, I would say it's a tier above BC, maybe even two tiers above BC in terms of a job, but he was very successful there. He went 67 and 26. He also only ever lost one bowl game, which was the Rose bowl, I believe against Justin Herbert. So you know, Justin Herbert's Oregon team. So, you know, very successful there. But from what I understand is he kind of started not caring and mailing it in about recruiting towards the, like at the end of his tenure. And that's kind of why Wisconsin decided to move on. Um, And currently he is the special assistant to the head coach at Texas, which is basically the same role that Rob Chodzinski had for Jeff Halfley, which basically means you can help out designing the offense. You don't need to recruit. So you know, this is kind of the same question where it's like, do we, does he really want to recruit? Does he want a head job where he really has to do that? And again, to recruit it well at BC, you got to work pretty hard to get that done. Um, so I could see it happening. I think that would be, especially now by of how far we've ridden the O'Brien hype train, like that would be definitely be a disappointment at this point. Um, trying to think of some other names we've heard. Um, Al Washington doesn't make it. Wa- yeah. So Al Washington is tough because that kind of fits the whole thing thing where I'm like, okay, we really don't want to hire a first time head coach. And again, Washington has been a, he's been the run game coordinator for Notre Dame since he got hired there in 2022, but he's not a full coordinator. He's still under Al Golden there. And even Marcus Freeman is a you know former defensive player, defensive assistant coach, defensive coordinator. So he's, you know, definitely third on the totem pole there. So that would be, and I get he's a BC guy and that's great. Um, but again, I'm just not sure that that is, if you, if you do want to take, have this program, take the next step forward, get out of mediocrity. I'm skeptical that Al Washington's the guy to do that. Um, like you said, I, I just, I think Jason Candle's not really candidate anymore. He was one I would have liked, but I think there were still questions about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if this ends up falling apart, uh, well, Chip Kelly, that's not, again, that's not happening. Like, there's been rumblings that he also wants to get out of college. He's got a pretty good gig at UCLA. I mean, I guess like, I don't imagine that the reason Chip Kelly would want to leave college or leave UCLA is like, Oh, they're going to the big tens. We doesn't want to lose. It's like, I don't, I don't think he cares about that. I think he just doesn't love the whole recruiting NIL aspect of it, which is why he was linked to the commanders 
offense coordinator job, which just got filled by Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he's been linked to the, the so that the, and then Cliff Kingsbury leaving the Raiders. He was going to be the Raiders offense coordinator. Basically, the contract talks broke down there. And I think Chip Kelly was also connected to that job. Um, given that Chip Kelly might have some connections to Antonio Pierce, uh, Marvin Lewis, who are guys on that staff that were coaching at Arizona State, so they have some Pac-12 familiarity. He could come in and be the OC there. Um, and, you know, I think Chip Kelly, you know, he's a bit of a question mark as a head coach, but the man's the man can design some plays. And I think that he would like to get back to the NFL where he can, again, just get back to, you know, drawing up some funky stuff and get an offense going. So I don't think Chip Kelly's a realistic can anymore. It kind of the same thing goes for Dan Mullen. I think you, I think it, the whole thing we talked about, you know, getting O'Brien the number in terms of money to, you know, take this job. I think Mullen's going to ask for even more because I think he is another guy that doesn't love this whole NIL recruiting stuff. And again, he's got a pretty sweet gig in media. So I think he would need a kind of a whopper of an offer to really, to get out of media, to go back to uh, being a college coach. So to wrap all this up, to wrap up all these names to me again, and there could be a, a mystery candidate that we don't know about that, had, you know, as I said, it's, a lot of this discussion is very veiled. It's hard to get into what's going on. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, all these names that we bring up, it just seems like they're they're not even smoke screens at this point for O'Brien. Like it just feels like O'Brien is clearly the number one and everyone else is below him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. I mean, like it's BC. So <laughs> I've gone through enough coaching searches where at the end I'm, I'm screaming at my, my computer, what the hell happened? Um, I feel like this is going to be different. And it's, it's like that arrested development um, meme with the, with the dead dove. I don't, I don't know what I expected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so, it, or the other one with David Cross with the, uh, it doesn't Oh, the, uh, <laughs> the open marriages. Uh, well, yeah. it never worked for them. For them. But it might work for us. Yes. So I I think of that with this. Like, I feel like it's going to be different this time. I'm ready to be hurt again. Uh, But at the end of the day, I feel I I don't know what it is about Blake James, but I trust him this time. I feel like he's made two, as I said on an earlier episode, two good hires so far with the women's soccer coach and baseball. This is a much bigger hire for him, but I feel like he knows what he needs to do. And I feel like he's going to execute it. All right, Mitch, I'm going to let you go. Where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, and obviously check out Eagle Insider. Uh, if and when this happens, uh, I'm already starting. I've been kind of putting some stuff together, looking at O'Brien's offense at Alabama. Um, also looking at kind of his past jobs in those staffs to see if there's any candidates that he, see, that he might be able to pull from either from NFL staffs, from college staffs, or guys who are kind of not, just not coaching right now, but or they're kind of between jobs. So they could be looking to get back into coaching. And, you know, with O'Brien putting together a new staff at BC, they could jump at that opportunity. So, you know, again, obviously this is this is like the biggest time in BC sports, biggest thing probably since the since the Halfley hiring. Like this is uh the best time to be signed up and getting all the information that we're putting out as quickly as you can. And we're doing it all the time. So head on over to Eagle Insider, follow me on Twitter at AJ Black247. Um, I will be sure to tweet and get everything up as soon as this decision is made. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, hit the like button before you head out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It does help us out. Thank you all in the comment section and all you listening on podcasts at home. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to Locked On Boston College, the only daily Boston College podcast 
and your home for Boston College sports every day. You are a